Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. And good evening, one and all. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, xzone.xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel, that's Channel 21 on Simul TV, and we're also available on Cable 14 in the Hamilton, Ontario area, Comcast, we're distributed by Globecast. We're on Jungo TV. Uh, let me see. And the list goes on and on and on. And starting this month, on iLaunch TV Global throughout the United States. Exo Nation, uh, tonight here on the Exxon, as you know, there are many times we deal with fact is fiction and fiction is reality. But this is fact, 100% fact. I'm going to read you the first uh, paragraph of a press release that is going out later on tonight. The date is March 7, 2019, Orange, uh, Orange, California. Robert Kiviet, the investigative producer best known for his hit TV specials, Fox Broadcasting aired along with their X-Files series such as Alien Autopsy, Factor Fiction, UFOs, The Best Evidence Ever Caught on Tape, and The World's Greatest Hoaxes, Secrets Finally Revealed, has filed a lawsuit in California against longtime CIA scientist Ron Pandolfi. I'm just going to repeat that last part. Against longtime CIA scientist Ron Pandolfi, who ran the CIA's Weird Desk and most recently has been backing InterNASA, an advanced physics firm also named in the lawsuit which Kiviet worked for under contract since, nine, uh, since 2018, but has yet to be paid. Joining me now is Robert Kiviet, and Robert, always great talking to you. How have you been, my friend? I'm good, Rob. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, Rob, you know, you and I go back many years. Uh, I'm, I must admit, I'm your biggest fan. Not because, <laughs> I, not because I'm six foot five, but because we started, the Exxon the, the started, uh, let me see, in, well, let's see, we were th in 1991. You know, and and that was the time of the X Files. That was the time of your show. That was when Art Bell was getting started, and we started. So, and and yet, you know, throughout the years, little has changed within the UFO community. 
Well, when I say little has changed, they're still looking for the smoking gun. And your shows were an inspiration to many people, and your shows were the catalyst for many of us in the media being where we are today. So when I heard about your, um, your lawsuit and, and what had happened, we had to get you on the phone, had to get you on the show. You know, Cal Corf's done a great job on his show, Cal's Corner. But, but what was it, Robert, that, that launched this lawsuit? Let's take us to the well, beginning. Well, Rob, it's a, it, it's a culmination, or a culmination, I should say, of, of so much of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the dates you gave, like in 1991, I was just basically making a decision in, in 91 to, to sort of take on, in a journalistic fashion, what is true about the UFO and unexplained phenomena, mm-hmm. beat, if you will. Yeah. I say beat like a reporter would do a beat. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one reporter at a newspaper might have the city hall beat. The other reporter might have the, um, police you know, beat. Yeah. Uh, police beat, whatever, yep. the blotter, exactly. So in my case, I learned very early on in my journalistic work that the underserved area was UFOs, unexplained phenomena, but the public had a, a massive interest in it. Mm-hmm. But I could not figure out how to make it a career. Uh, one thing led to another, and I started writing an article for Omni Magazine uh, in 1991. Exactly, in 1991, uh, I sent a query letter to the Scientific Magazine out of New York. And uh, basically, with one query letter, it got approved as a feature article. And it was going to be on the face on Mars, the mm-hmm. area of Sidonia which allegedly has this area that could well be an alien um, kind of like a Sphinx area like it is in Egypt, you know, the Giza Plateau, where you have this gigantic face looking up. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. it's natural. Uh, We could debate that some other night. But I literally felt that there was enough scientific veracity and scientific tenability to that. So I started writing the article for Omni Magazine, and one thing led to another, and I gave a lecture, believe it or not, at a New Age bookstore in New York. And in that bookstore sitting was a nice gentleman named Ron. And Ron said to me after the little lecture, he says, you know, it's fascinating what you're doing for this article. My wife works for Geraldo Rivera, and, you know, maybe you want to talk to them because they're starting a brand new show called Now It Can Be Told. And Geraldo Rivera, a sensationalist kind of journalist, but still respected at that time, I yep. think. Uh, I did a, I did a basic uh, beginnings with him. Uh, they took me on at that show, and I did a bunch of stories there, uh, not about the face on Mars, but it was sort of my in, if you know what I mean. And so the Omni article that I started with, I started writing it in 91. Uh, one thing led to another after, Unsol- after uh, Now It Can Be Told, and I was hired by Unsolved Mysteries on NBC to move literally from New York straight up to Burbank, California, and basically be their producer of this type of stuff. But I did a lot of crime stories, too. I mean, don't get me wrong, Unsolved Mysteries was known for that, but I felt that there should be more of the unexplained phenomena in 1992, and The X-Files was not even yet a show. And I felt there was a lot of interest in this, and so I said, I'll treat this like a journalistic beat. Ended up doing some of the biggest stories Unsolved Mysteries ever did in that, in that area of unexplained phenomena and UFOs. Mm-hmm. But the article for Omni Magazine kept matriculating because first the Observ- Mars Observer, the craft, went away. No one knows where it went. You know, it was just gone. And so they, I had to sort of restructure the article based on the fact that the spacecraft is, it was going to go shoot new pictures of the space on Mars. 
and basically the uh, the craft went away. No one knows where it went. Gone. One billion dollars or more lost. They were able to put together another spacecraft quickly because they always make you know two of everything. You know they have backup parts and all that. So they're able to make another craft. And so the article eventually comes out in 1994. In that article, or in that same edition that my article was the cover, uh, my article, excuse me, was the cover article for the magazine, that issue, August 1994. It took that many years, imagine, three years for the article to come out due to the fits and starts. I'm still working at different TV shows, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing this kind of like uh, bringing the public this material with a passion and hoped it would all work out. In that article, I noticed that NASA was extremely interested in what may be going on with extraterrestrial evidence, the idea that NASA was trying to poo-poo it or trying to downplay it, I don't believe that was ever the case. They just simply did not really know that much, really, than they were, yeah, I think that what they were telling. But, you know, I could be wrong on that. I mean, the scientists that I spoke to appeared to be very legitimate, and maybe they were kept out of the loop, who knows. But in the same edition of that, of that magazine was an article about Dr. Bruce Maccabee, who became one of my top experts in my UFO specials, analyzing video footage of UFOs especially. And in that article about Bruce Maccabee, they were talking about a relationship he had with a scientist at the CIA named Ronald Pendolfi. And so back that long ago, in 1994, mm-hmm. I was focusing on this Ronald Pendolfi. Who is he? What is his interest in UFOs? And from my, my understanding of it, he had a casual interest. He wanted, as the article indicated, he wanted, not my article, but the article about Bruce and Ron, uh, the article seemed, seemed to suggest that maybe Ron was using Bruce and Bruce was like kind of a, you know, uh, unsuspecting, nice Navy optical physicist who was being sort of, you know, shined on a bit by the CIA and maybe they weren't taking it seriously or maybe they were. The article really did not indicate that this guy, Ron Pendolfi, was in any way other than just interested. It appeared he was interested. So that kept me kind of thinking for many, many years in all the shows I've done, what was the connection between Ron Pendolfi and the CIA and, of course, UFOs? And so all the different shows I did on Fox and all the shows I eventually did for NBC Universal and Sci-Fi Channel, it all sort of led to, in 2017, I started reaching out to aerospace companies because I felt the aerospace the aerospace companies were interested in UFOs and they wondered what UFOs were and they wanted to try to emulate what UFOs even, you know, exhibited the, the type of propulsion and whatnot. It was, it was obvious to me that UFOs and aerospace. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. 
Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We're linked. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. The press release reads as follows. For immediate release, famed Fox Network TV producer files lawsuit against CIA disinformation scientist and anti-gravity UFO research firm. I'm just going to go over the last paragraph that I uh, started to talk about before we ran into that break. According to the complaint filed last week, Kiviet, whose 2014 TV special for NBC Universal Sci-Fi Channel, Aliens on the Moon, The Truth Exposed, unveiled never-before-seen NASA photos taken by the Apollo astronauts that appear to show gigantic lunar constructions of a known origin, is seeking $300,000 in employment salary arrears InterNASA presently owes him. The suit also uh, promises to pry open for the very first time via legal discovery the inner workings behind CIA operations, ostensibly led by Pandolfi, comprising of decades-long information campaign designed to influence and confuse the public about UFOs. Once again, I'm going to read that last part over again. By, uh, let me see, a CIA operations ostensibly led Pandolfi comprising a decade-long disinformation campaign designed to influence and confuse the public about UFOs or exotic technologies by manipulating researchers and worse, led those involved to lose money and more in the process. Joining me from Orange, California is Robert Kiviet. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, good I, reading, Rob. Good reading. Good uh, job. <laughs> thanks, pal. Uh, so, Penn, you know, I, I've read the press release. There are so many different people involved here. Like, you're opening up a gigantic can of worms, my friend. Isn't this the very first time that UFO-related uh, UFO, uh, uh, history or, or case uh, case history is going to actually be in a court of law and will have to be answered under the articles and under the conditions of discovery. Absolutely. I, I found it fascinating the more I started to talk to the individuals involved, including mm-hmm. Condolfi himself, how they did not understand the window this is opening into an area where things have been so hush-hush and so yeah. secret for so many years. And when you get into the issue of discovery and have to be under oath and things like that, you have to wonder what they're thinking. When I say they, I mean the people in the intelligence community. Whether or not Ron is presently still with the CIA's weird desk, as he was known to be at for many, many years, or he's in some sort of an offshoot of the CIA or DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, or just the national security agencies, if you will, in general. I'm not going to say NSA, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. It opens up a door now that I think my lawyer will walk right through and will be asking questions that may be a little bit uh, off the usual uh, subject matter, which mm-hmm. would be my pay that is now owed to me. Right. But the idea is there was fraud here, potentially. And if there's fraud, then one has to wonder where does the fraud start, right. where does the fraud begin? Is, That's is really it, where we are with this case. Is it possible that you are giving the government the perfect excuse to actually come clean with the public when it comes to UFO. Could you be the catalyst 
of the demise of the truth embargo. Well, by the way, Rob, I was trying to do that with probably starting with, uh, let's go back and see how far. Um, I guess I really started mostly when I was at Unsolved Mystery, yeah. which where we did a story uh, about this Guardian case mm-hmm. in Canada, where I found fascinatingly Ron Pendolfi seems to have a real wow. interest in my what we call the Canadian UFO or Guardian case in, guess where, Carp. Ontario, Canada. And of course, so, CARP is where the Diefenbaker bunker was, and that was where all the politicians from Ottawa would have gone in case of a nuclear war. Well, we need to talk more about this in future yeah. in future uh, appearance with you, because I've been trying to get Canadian UFO researchers mm-hmm. to take this case and run with it with me and, and continue on this Guardian case, because the Guardian case is such a fascinating case. But what I say to you in a nutshell is, Apparently, a woman in Carp, Ontario, Canada, witnessed a gigantic, well, we'll call it gigantic, 25, 30 feet Mm -hmm. wide uh, uh, craft land or hover on her property. Uh, It was caught on video by a mysterious source known only as The Guardian. The Guardian posted or pasted his thumbprint, or it could be a heart roll, you know, uh, literally put the thumbprint on the tape, this VHS tape, sent it to two UFO researchers that I was in contact with, and literally I brought that out to Unsolved Mysteries as one of my first stories when I left New York. Initially it was going to be on the show Now It Can Be Told with Geraldo Rivera. That was the concept when I received the tape from a gentleman named Bob Exler, who's one of the top uh, experts in UFOs in the world. And uh, my shout-out to Bob right now if he's listening. So all I can say is that was a case that involved the Canadian uh, military, yep. NATO... Uh, it was fascinating. So mm-hmm. I started to crack, and I wanted to crack the case then. I started even then. And I will be frank with you, every time I did a show, whether it be Alien Autopsy, Factor Fiction on Fox, showing an alleged alien on film, or, or tape, or we, we could debate that one, yeah. or UFOs caught on tape, which, by the way, to correct a little bit of what you said, on Netflix right now, viewers can watch UFOs, the best evidence that are ever caught on tape, two shows, two different specials for Fox, one and two, and also they can see Alien Autopsy. If they want to see uh, Aliens on the Moon, The Truth Exposed, which is a very, again, same thing. Yeah. I was never changing my credo. I was trying to crack the evidence that would prove we are definitely not alone, and the U.S. government and NASA, maybe, is covering it up. And so my interview with Buzz Aldrin in mm-hmm. that show, people have to see it to believe it. I mean, Buzz was being asked pointed questions. He was really good about it, and I think people should see the show. But anyway, bottom line, that is always my credo. So now, if you talk about the lawsuit, of course that's what I'm hoping. Now look, first of all, my family's been affected. I worked for a year for these people. Mm -hmm. I worked hours and hours tirelessly into the wee hours of the evening, every night, a combination of you know, communications, mm-hmm. you know, investment, investor relations, uh, running a studio, getting TV series considered by networks. I was running around the clock and rampant, and they were running me rampant. And their bottom line every day, when I say they, is Joe Firmage, the guy who ran the company, Ron Pendolfi checking in every day with his operative who was living at Joe's house and still is living at Joe's house. Uh, and that's a story in itself. And then we have uh, Dan Marriott, who is a former congressman from Utah, who is a bona fide former politician, who apparently is well-heeled financially, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to be the monopolizing 
uh, investor of this entire affair. He wanted InterNASA, as the company is called, and we'll get into that later. InterNASA stands for the International Academy of Science and Arts. Keep that in mind when we talk about To the Stars Academy. Right. Academies, both. In a minute, we'll get to that in a minute. But in the meantime, for the case, this, these people, in many ways, conspired to utilize my talents, my abilities, my contacts in both coasts of the United States, in you know, Hollywood, where I'm close to in California here, New York, where I had to fly to other meetings for this potential media uh, plan they wanted me to develop, which was a combination of news stories about the anti-gravity device Joe Fermage and company are creating, and they are really making something. Don't get me wrong. There is a real device that Joe is working with, Joe Fermage, and we'll get into him later if you want. And also, Pandolfi's support of Fermage makes perfect sense because he has been working in this area for a while and with government people. So nothing seems strange to me except for the fact they were not paying me. And the reason they were not paying me were that Dan Marriott, who had earmarked or planned to earmark money to the company, which motivated Joe Fermage to hire me in the first place. I mean, I'm a Hollywood producer. He was willing to deal with my Beverly Hills attorney, make sure that I was hired properly with a good employment contract, that had all kinds of benefits and all your things you'd love in an employment contract. And then no money was coming. No checks were coming. So I was told on a daily basis, money's coming, Marriott might put money in, but Marriott was saying, if any money goes in outside of my money, I'm not putting my money in. Sounds so like it. a catch-22 together. Sounds yeah. like you were a pawn. Oh, yeah, they were abusing me as a pawn. Yeah. I spoke to this Marriott on a few occasions, and Marriott said to me, no, Bob, I really do want to get this. I want to give Joe the money. I mm -hmm. want to keep the company going, but I must see this. I must see that. It was a real shell game. It was like moving the ball around, and I was like, well, you know what? If a guy is a former congressman yeah. from Utah with a name Marriott, you know what that means. The question is, why would I have to wait to be paid? These people are working me. Ron's a respectable CIA scientist. He's not good. They're not going to leave me high and dry. But what started to happen was it became clear the device was all they cared about. They didn't care about the people who were supporting its unveiling, if you will. And so I was very patient. I worked well into May and June for free while my salary arrears grew and grew and grew and grew. And I was told that we paid, I was told every day almost for 180 days, you know, you'll be paid, you'll be paid, you'll be paid. And so finally I said, great, what's next? Where is this headed? And they said, you know what? We have a plan to show this device in Colorado to a bunch of, it sounded like DARPA, or it sounded like some military-type people. I couldn't be sure. They were kind of keeping it kind of secret from me, the communications guy for the company. All right, Robert, but please stand by. We've got to take our next break with the news. ExoNation, Robert Kiviot is our special guest. And if anyone would like a copy of this press release, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and I'll make sure that you, each and every one of you, get a copy of this so that you yourself can read it, digest it, do me a favor, spread it out to everyone you know. Put it on every every social media outlet that you're on. Share it. Send it to your local media outlet. Let them know what is going on. This is very important. And you, the members of the Exxon Nation, can be part of what I believe will be making history. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. 
This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Just like to read you another paragraph uh, from the press release that was issued by Robert Kiviet, our guest this hour. It so was, you know, issued today, March 7, 2019. It, and this is a quote uh, Covering UFOs and other unexplained topics for TV networks made me clean, uh, keenly aware that both a former director of the National Security Agency, NSA, and a famous astronaut had moved into anti gravity R&D upon leaving government service, Kiviet says. So when InterNASA CEO Joe Firmage assured me that he had secured the necessary funding and that Pandolfi was backing his gravity-controlled research, I adopted a position to oversee InterNASA's studio division. Uh, Kivit adds that Pandolfi's apparent support of the science behind Firmage's device was independently corroborated by a prominent researcher and author giving lectures at packed UFO conferences throughout 2017, claiming he had learned of it uh, from a known Pandolfi operative. And once again, explanation, anybody who would like a copy of this press release, I will gladly send it to, on the condition that you spread it far and wide. This is history in the making. Uh, Robert, first of all, always great having you with us. Uh, Thank you, sir. I have to ask you, how come Pandolfi or the CIA didn't put money into this this, uh, operation so that, number one, you would be paid. Number two, no suspicion would be raised. And number three, to keep it out of the public uh, view. It's a, it's a fantastic question. And in fact, I think I'm at liberty to say this right now. Joe Firmage wanted the same thing hmm. throughout our daily, hourly, and sometimes marathon five-hour phone calls. Wow. I mean, Joe's position has always been, mm-hmm. and we can talk a little bit about Joe, and I, w- I want to be as nice as I can. He's a very intelligent guy. Sure. He's a, a, a guy who helped invent the word app, really, apps. You know, I'll tell you right now, if you do the history with, about Joe Furman, mm-hmm. you'll know that he was a pioneer in the dot-com business back in the 90s, and he made a fortune and gave money to the UFO community hand over fist. I mean, here's a guy, he basically probably should have had his head examined for the amount of money he gave certain individuals, and I would be more than happy to fill you in on the future broadcast sure. about how much Joe did for the UFO community, and then conflated that interest with anti-gravity interests as well. And he brought the government in. He brought, in many ways, people like Pandolfi into his little world of trying to think this through and get something going in the anti-gravity world. So all I'm saying to you in a nutshell is I think he's somebody that wanted the money from the CIA and or the intelligence community and actually was hoping, it sounded like in every breath, that Ron would arrange 
some kind of help financially. But of course, the typical line is, we can't be seen giving money into this, which is really nonsense. There's lots of examples where the United States intelligence community has put money into projects, whether it's public or not, whether you know about it or not. And so I think Joe had a good point. But barreling through and trying to get things done, he focused on Marriott because Daniel Marriott made it very clear to whoever would listen Mm -hmm. that as long as his attorneys, and that's very key, as long as his attorneys could sign off on his investment, that he'd put the money in and our company would be solvent and I'd be paid and all of that. Now, whether his attorneys are culpable for doing some sort of a shell game and trying to stall things, and who knows? That's for my lawyer to figure out. But as of right now, where our main issue is with Firmage, Pandolfi, and whatever order you want to see it in, and this Daniel Marriott, because in general, my time was stolen. My energy and my contacts and all I bring to the table, which is considerable, I think, were stolen, and they need to be paid for by contract. What do you think they had, Rob? What was that 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 anti-gravity device? And and no well, not, Joe, no Joe no offense here. I, I, no offense here, but I did you so. see? Did you you yourself actually see it? Oh, Rob. You know what's interesting is this NDA that I signed, and I am trying okay. to be as uh, all right. As, no, I want to be very clear. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw that word out loosely. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily think I can't speak about the device or speak about what it is. But I know the NDA does cover me for certain things, and I'm still working for this company. Just because I'm suing them for my back pay doesn't mean – and it's still accruing as we speak. I've not been fired. They didn't, I didn't quit. Uh, I don't really know what they're thinking. But I yeah. can tell you this. As my lawyer said, the clock is still ticking, and I'm still basically on the clock. So what I'm going to say is, as bizarre as that sounds, uh, I will say that there is a real device. It has been in several levels of incarnation, and certain models have been made. Mm-hmm. It is a somewhat a speculative um, device because it has not reached the level of, uh, of, of a lift, if you will, that people would say, yes, this thing is definitely levitating uh, off the ground or off of a table, and it is doing it without any moving known you know, kind of right. uh, motors that we normally are associated with this type of thing. Uh, or, you know, moving like a, like a drone would move, you know, with propellers and sure. stuff like that, or some kind of jet engine. But what I must say is if you get into the technology, you will see that there are many, many people that have tried over the years to look into this uh, technology, if you will, and Joe might be on the cusp of actually making something real, which I must say, in difference to and in counter to the, the nonsense to the Stars Academy and how put off who was directly involved with Joe Firmage 10 years ago, as the, as the case will uh, make very clear, Hal, Hal Putoff was very involved with Joe Firmage on the device in 2009-2010, uh, the earlier version, as was Kit Green, Ron Pendolfi's former CIA uh, compatriot and guy who ran the weird desk before Ron Pendolfi did. So there's no doubt there's CIA and former CIA all over Firmage. There's Hal Putoff who seems to forget, uh, amazingly, that Joe was talking about an academy based on a device and technology being doled out to the public for educational purposes and entertainment purposes. It sounds a lot like what To The Stars Academy is foisted on the public, but the difference is it was Joe's original idea. And Hal more or less stole that idea. It looks like for all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. and stuck it into the brain maybe of, of Tom DeLong. 
Now, if that is a coincidence, I'd love a jury to be listening. Not that it really matters to the case that much, but it might, because there's a lot of money floating around this whole affair from Harry Reid, $22 million to Bob Bigelow, Bob Bigelow doling out that money any way he sees fit. Mm-hmm. Then he gives it to Hal Putoff to sort of dole out. Hal Putoff hires himself to write papers. This is why Ron Pandolfi says, very matter-of-factly, you know, Hal Putoff is a techno-scam artist. Wow, wait a minute. So techno-scams, one of those. Is that what InterNASA is? Is that what I'm involved in? So all of this, you see how it all conflates, around? Sure does. It's all going to be looked in, all looked into. And by the way, as by a mirror image, is to the Stars Academy something like a misdirection of what Joe is doing? And maybe that's something the government wanted to create because they knew Firmage was getting involved with Pendolfi? Might there be a battle between the DIA and the CIA? This is going to be a fascinating case, Rob. Let me ask you something, Bob. Let's say before you get to court, the government steps in and says, uh-uh, Matt, matter of national security, guys. Everything gets sealed. Let's see it happen. I haven't seen that happen. And by the way, no one is assuming right now that will happen. It's a civil case. Ron is being sued as a civil individual. Mm-hmm. We're not suing the CIA. But so if he is, if he is an agent the- for the CIA, what would happen if the CIA did decide that, uh-oh, no, we're going to shut this down? What I would happen? That's a great question. In yeah. fact, I, I welcome the media to look into that as well as you. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So where do you... Where do These you, are the questions. You, yeah. you know, yeah. you're, you're looking at $300,000. That's not a lot of money. If they've got this technology, if they've got um, all the all the bells and whistles that that are mentioned in your press release, and I'm sure that are part of your suit, why not just pay you and 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 get rid of you? It's amazing to me that they haven't done that. Yeah. And by the way, I hope they wouldn't want to get rid of me. No, I didn't mean it that way, my <laughs> yeah. friend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because there's always that, like you know, people say to me, I get this question a lot, like, Bob, you're 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 Robert, you're, you're suing the guy mm-hmm. at the CIA. Are you nervous? Look, you know what? I spoke to Ron at great length uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe three, four weeks ago. We talked about the case to some degree. Uh, it was a very friendly conversation. Uh, there was somebody on the line with us that Ron really values and trusts as a family friend. And uh, I thought it was a very good direction we adopted. I thought we were moving toward a settlement. Right. There was a way to keep this. Because I do respect Ron. It's very clear. I want you to understand this. If people go to Ron Pendolfi and they Google search him, well, you're going to find a lot. But first of all, you're going to find out if you're really good. Uh, years ago, the New York Times wrote about Ron in the 90s, mm-hmm. who literally stood up for us as citizens of the world. He found there was a problem that the used aircraft company was working in conjunction with the Red Chinese, and they were helping the Chinese figure out some issues with the ICBM, or not ICBM, but the rockets they were working with. And so it became a concern to Ron that maybe the Chinese were learning ways to perfect their ICBMs from dealing with used aircraft in some you know, interesting way. And Ron went public and really spoke about it and actually spoke in front of, you know, the government, and the New York Times looked into it. Mm -hmm. And Ron actually was getting some heat for this from his own people, but finally he did sort of prevail. He's been involved in several interesting cases along these lines. 
And so Ron is not to be taken lightly as a, uh, a guy giving service to our country. All right, so stand... I'm not sitting here trying to trash him. No All right, way. stand by, Robert. You and I have to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Robert Kiviet is our special guest. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Robert Kiviet is our special guest, and we're talking about uh, the lawsuit that he has in a civil case against Robert... Uh, I'm sorry, against... Um, uh, Ron Pandolfi, who was a former or still is in the CIA, and uh, the the heading of the release reads, famed Fox News and Network TV producer files lawsuit against CIA disinformation scientist and anti-gravity UFO research firm. First of all, Robert, great having you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, trying to My help pleasure. us understand the complications and the backstory of this case. Now, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, the kind of guy Ron Pandolfi is, and, and you know, you were telling us about the um, what he found out with uh, you know Hughes and and the Chinese, and you know, it seems like this guy is is a true American at heart. He he is, and let's let's consider what yeah. I was trying to get to, which is. So here's a guy, he's charged under the weird desk, which mm -hmm. is a very unofficial title. It's a, it's a place that I think he sort of resonated with, and they decided to give it to him years ago when Kit Green, formerly there, uh, was leaving that position for whatever reason. And so he became the guy that if the government had questions about UFOs, for instance, uh, factually, uh, if uh, Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. which is true now, and his science advisor wanted a briefing on UFOs, they turned to Ron Pandolfi. And Ron Pandolfi turned to the gentleman I mentioned earlier, Dr. Bruce Magabee. Right. And he, would, he called up Bruce. It's legendary. He called up Bruce and said, Bruce, I need a briefing. And Bruce said, well, how long do you, when do you need it? Yeah. And Ron said, tomorrow. And Bruce was like, what, are you kidding? And so Bruce worked his tail off to present a briefing to Bill Clinton's science advisor back in the 90s, and Ron was trying to get it to them in time, and apparently there was a mix-up and whatever it was. It never got there at the right mm -hmm. moment, and it didn't make a difference. But the point is, that's Ron's place in the government probably to this day. Probably to this day. Something that I, if they need information on UFOs, it's him. Something I don't understand. Why is it the CIA? Because according to what I understand, the CIA has no jurisdiction within the continental United States. Only outside well, of the United States. Yeah. So why would it not be the so, National Security Agency that is involved and not the CIA? Good question. Lawsuit will look into that. But here's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. uh, at least I'd like it to. The interesting thing is that let's look at the CIA's operations when it comes to UFOs. And this is well documented by Bruce McAbee and others. written very good books. There's a great book, A Plug for Bruce. Great book about Ron Pendolfi in there. Quite a bit about Ron. And it's called uh, The UFO... Yeah, the CIA-FBI connection to UFOs. Anybody could find it on, you know, Amazon. It's uh, the U. I don't have the title exactly right here, but it's the UFO uh, CIA-FBI connection to UFOs, and right. vice versa. I'm not quite sure the title. And so, basically, that book is a great reader for anybody to understand this. So, let's say for a minute that you're at the CIA mm -hmm. and you're looking at the Chinese and you're looking at these the Russians, yeah. and you're trying to see what they're looking into about us. Well, you know they're looking at our aerospace stuff. 
you know, all about our rockets and all about our ICBMs and all about our nuclear stuff. And what's funny is UFOs fall into this category because UFO researchers tend to stay focused on the latest aerospace. Is it possible we're seeing great craft being created by our secret government or whatever it might be, NASA special division? So if you're looking at a UFO video, you're also looking at potentially an aerospace device. Therefore, the governments of other countries may be looking at those devices or the researchers or whatever. So if you want to study the Chinese and the Russians, you may want to study UFO researchers. And so that's the in the CIA seems to naturally have in looking at UFOs and looking at the uh, uh, field in general. Mm, And so Ron would be very right to say, in a a very matter-of-fact way, hey, look, I'm looking at UFOs because we may learn something about our enemy looking at our own people and vice versa. But that's where things get a little loopy because you could also be looking at the truth about UFOs at the same time. And so the question is, how much of Ron's interest is for national security, like I described, which has nothing to do with alien spacecraft, and how much could be, wait a minute, both. (laughs) And I think think it's both, but that's just my opinion. So what's the uh, the next step in your case? The case has been filed in court. I assume media such as you and other broadcasters around the world will start looking at the court docket because mm-hmm. my understanding from being a journalist many years is that every news organization should, I repeat, should have someone checking the uh, court dockets to see if any interesting cases are coming up. Right. You don't have to just be the uh, Judge Judy show or Court TV. And by the way, Court TV is coming back. So who knows? Maybe Court TV will cover this case. And again, it's going to be a litmus test for most of the UFO stories you've heard throughout the years. One important fact is when Ron realized how serious I was going to be about getting paid and bringing this to, to the fore, uh, he started critiquing my cases to me by email. And he started telling me which cases of mine on TV are legitimate, which ones I didn't quite get right, which ones I need hmm. to kind of review. So Ron is clearly focusing on the UFO stories I've done. So it's quite interesting where we're headed here, Rob. Rob, you've been in the media for several years now. How have you seen the media change since you started that that long time ago working with Geraldo Rivera? I am very disappointed. I thought we were at a point, Mm -hmm. a tipping point in our culture, where journalists like me would jump into this big time. And it was getting that way until 1999, 2000. Looked good. Then 9-11 came. And 9-11 changed this country in ways that I can't even tell you. We could be on the phone here for uh, maybe two days straight. And I think what we're looking at here is a change in our culture where we have been made to be fearful. We don't seem to want to look into mysteries the way we used to. And we end up with the most banal, light, cable television expression of the UFO field personified in shows like Ancient Aliens, which I must say... You know, I, I can only tell viewers, buyer beware, yeah. be careful what you're watching. It looks like the most trumped up, no pun intended, uh, extreme exaggeration of the Eric Von Donneken, uh theory and Eric Von Donneken evidence. You know, Eric Von Donneken, you know, for years was attacked for trying to write two extra books after Chariots of the Gods, the famous book, because they said he was milking it. Now, if he was milking it, what do you think A&E History Channel are doing? But, yeah, Which, but, by d- the way... We, Leads us, let me finish one point, which leads us right to Tom DeLong. Yeah. Tom DeLong and company, whatever they are, I won't even go that route tonight. I think I made my point earlier. 
it's such a weird, hackneyed group, and they're the ones now being, uh, in many ways, courted by A and E and History Channel to make more TV material. By and the way, it's ridiculous. By the way, George Sukalakis, who uh, is the uh, the host of Ancient George, Aliens, yeah. was, right. and I believe still is, Eric Von Donneken's press guy. Not surprised. Yeah. No, because I when I used to get Von Donneken on the show, it was Giorgio who used to do the bookings. There's, there's no doubt we're looking yeah. at an extreme, ridiculous uh, foisting on the public, yep. a very basic, basic possibility, which is filled with so much exaggerated, misrepresented, misresearched, completely ridiculous. And you have people, with all due respect, you know, mm. I, I think she's beautiful, uh, Megan Fox, Katy Perry, very famous people, very well-to-do in their careers. And they would go on shows like Ellen, and they would talk about the show, oh, my God. And no one's doing any research, Rob. It's almost like, does anybody check into, does anyone fact check? Not, an, not anymore, my friend. Yeah. Not anymore. It's, it seems... So I'm lament- I'm, by the way, one thing, Rob, these yeah. are the shows that are taken instead of mine. There's only a limited amount of shows in these areas. Mm-hmm. They know me. I, I met with one last thing for tonight. I met with a major network on cable in New York a few months ago. Right. And they were very eager of having me come and do what I'm doing now, which is take this to the next level after all the work I've done and bring it to Capitol Hill and bring it to the, the movers and shakers of our world and talk to the main people that make a difference in our society. Right. And then all of a sudden they went at 180. It was like, I landed from New York, I'm back here in L.A., and all of a sudden... They sort of forgot what they said. It's like, what? And so we're still trying to get that network, which I'll leave uh, out of the conversation right now. We're trying to get them to consider a serious show that they can mix in with all their banal shows and all their kind of lightweight, I'll tell you right now, lightweight, and putting the subject matter that I spent a lifetime, my adult life anyway, trying to bring a serious nature to it. And they're looking at a lot of goofy stuff right now. So that's where I'm coming from. I've got about uh, 50 seconds left of... How do you think the Internet's influenced the, the media? Just like cable TV, I'll sum it up. Fox said to me recently when the X-Files came back for mm-hmm. second round, the third round of shows, they said, Bob, we wanted to bring you back. We're thinking about doing more specials with you. But cable's ruined it because cable looks like cable, and we don't want to look like cable. Cable has glommed onto it and exaggerated things and all that. And guess what? So has YouTube. And YouTube and all the things you're mentioning, it's one big soup. And yeah. it has not helped bring truth out on this subject at all. Robert, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. Always a great pleasure. And we'll have you back on next week because uh, this is uh, one story that we're not going to let go. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. You take care of yourself, Robert. And Exonation, anybody who'd like a copy of the press release that um, that Robert issued earlier today, all you need to do is send me an email, exon at exonradiotv.com, and I will make sure that you get one. And I would really appreciate it if you made sure that you sent a copy of this press release to everyone you know, every member of the media in your local town, municipality, city, state. We need to get the news out there. Be part of history with us here on the X-Zone. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.